0: Hello and welcome to the Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Pep Clotet to my Pep Guardiola. It's Justin Peach.
1: Good afternoon.
0: How's it going?
1: It's great. I'm I'm so excited to do this podcast. I I don't don't want to say I I got bored of doing the 11s but... Mm. It's just nice to be able to talk about something other than the past
0: I 100% agree It was good having a nice little flashback To the good old days of the championship But now we're here We're ready for real football To be back on our TV screens Back in our lives And I can't bloody wait Because this time next week We'll be talking about football that's happening in front of our very eyes Justin, how excited are you?
1: Well, my voice doesn't give it away But I'm buzzing
0: You sound buzzing don't, don't put yourself down
1: like that. I'm tone deaf with my uh, with my monotone voice, but I am extremely happy, extremely extremely happy. You know, right. the smile on my face. Um, just one thing I'll add is my sky dish has gone on the blink this week. That is really bad. <laughs> yeah, um, so I'm trying to get it sorted um, before the weekend, otherwise this whole thing's been a waste.
0: Great football for you. No. <laughs> well. We are welcoming the return of the Championship by doing a preview of the remainder of the campaign. How we think each team will do, how we think they'll cope with a break in the football and what each team is still fighting for. So we'll talk about that in a sec. We'll have all the latest Championship news for you, including the announcement that Pep Clotet is leaving Birmingham. We'll have a chat about that and then we'll finish off everything with a good old fashioned Craig Bryson pub quiz. But first off, we have a competition just in to (gasps) celebrate. The Championship's return, we're teaming up with ClassicFootballShirts.co.uk to give you £50 to spend on their website, 50 quid. All you've got to do is head to our Twitter at SecondTierPod. You'll see a tweet pinned to the top of our timeline. And all you've got to do is retweet that. Follow us if you're not already. Why the hell aren't you if you're not? And follow Classic Football Shirts as well. Their handle is at Classic Shirts. Now, we've been big fans of Classic Football Shirts Mm -hmm. for years now, Justin, haven't we?
1: No, I d- definitely. Uh, I, fact, I love it.
0: In fact, I think I've worn a shirt from there pretty much every time we've done an episode. I mean, yep. right now I'm wearing my Dortmund shirt from a few seasons yep. ago. And I got this for 20 quid. Now imagine what you could get for 50 quid.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think back in November I went to their store, I think it's in Shoreditch, um, and I bought a 2015 uh, Italian shirt with De Rossi on the back. That's lovely. That's really lovely. As I say, I I love classic wall shirts. Yeah. I've I've actually got an order coming in the next week. I think. What is it? <laughs> um, it's it's an Azel Outmar training top and a Hoffenheim training jumper. Big fan of that. How much did it set you back? Only thirty five quid.
0: Well, there you go. You can get two qu- top quality training tops for not even all the fifty quid that you spend spending.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, and you've still they, got
0: fifteen quid left over.
1: They've got. All sorts of football memorabilia are on there as well. I browse you
0: know. earlier and my eyes lit up at some of the shirts that were on offer. There mm-hmm. was a Chef Wednesday shirt with Benito Carboni on the back from the 97-98 season. I was salivating. I, yeah, if I had that 50 quid, I'd be all over that.
1: I, again, one one for, for Derby fans, obviously. I I nearly bought a Belgium shirt from the 2000, the Euros in 2000, um, with Bronco Strooper on the back. Oh, and that was only lovely. about 20 quid, I think. So Yeah,
0: yeah you can get some quality stuff on there and for 50 quid you're raiding the place Mm. so no matter what team you support they will have something for you so head online to classicfootballshirts.co.uk to find something you like add it onto your wish list then all you've got to do is retweet our tweet follow at second tier pod follow at classic shirts and give yourself the chance to win 50 pounds to spend on classicfootballshirts.co.uk we'll announce the winner on next week's episode good luck! right Let's get into the meat of this sandwich Justin. Let's preview the remainder of the championship season. We'll start off at the bottom, if that's all right with you.
1: Yep, that's the way my notes are. I don't want to scroll all the way to the bottom. So
0: So the relegation battle for me is probably the most interesting thing that needs to be decided. The playoffs is still very tight, and we'll talk Mm -hmm. about that in a bit. But the relegation battle, I can't remember my mind up over who I think is going down. We'll start off at the bottom two, because Barnsley and Luton, they're quite a way off from the rest. Do yeah. you give them any chance of staying up?
1: No, I was thinking about it, and I, I think I give Barnsley more of a chance of staying up than a, mm. than I do Luton. But then I was like, I looked at the points, and I was like, I don't know, I'm quite nervous about that because they're seven points adrift. Yeah. Um, but you, given the state Huller in um, Borough have been terrible, they've got every chance of staying up, and they've got a very good squad with a very good manager. And yeah. they, 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 I think out of the bottom five, with the exception of Wigan, bottom six, with the exception of Wigan, um, they're probably the most stable side as well.
0: Yeah, they have been slowly improving, haven't they, since Gerhard yeah. Struber came in, <clears throat> but that improvement hasn't really been coming quick enough, which is why they're still in the position that they are. The defence being a shambles doesn't help either, <laughs> but uh, they have got a decent run of games initially, including mm-hmm. Stoke, Luton and Wigan, so they're Absolutely. three mm-hmm. massive games. But then their last three. <laughs> yeah, the final three. Brentford, Forest, and Leeds. <laughs> that is unforgiving. Uh, Luton, I was in the same boat as you, really. I didn't really give them much of a chance. But then I was thinking Nathan Jones coming back, replacing mm-hmm. Graham Jones. If they still are Graham Jones, I probably wouldn't give them any hope of staying up. But with Nathan, Nathan Jones, it's a cause for optimism, isn't it?
1: You see, I, I'm on the flip side to it. I think it makes it harder for them because it's essentially a. Graham Jones squad because the squad is still very different to one that Nathan Jones had Um, there's been a lot of I wouldn't say surgery to it but they've replaced players with poorer players I think and that ultimately uh, you know I think they're going to have to press the reset button I don't think they'll survive Um, they might already be getting ready for life in League One which Mm -hmm. is why they let Graham Jones go and they sort of tried to plan plan with Nathan Jones but you know They've got some big games against Barnsley, Huddersfield and Hull. Teams are around them. If they win those games, they've got a chance.
0: Yeah, they, they, they've got a chance. It's just both teams, very slim chances and they'll have to really pull a rabbit out of the hat if they are to stay up. But if those two are going down, that means there's only one relegation mm. spot left just in. Now, I've got four candidates to potentially fill it. I think Huddersfield and Stoke will be all right. I'd be very surprised if either of those two went down. So that leaves us with Charlton, Hull... Middlesbrough and Wigan. Now, I've got to say, the last two, Borough and Wigan, I think they're better placed than the other two. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that?
1: No, definitely. definitely.
0: I think it's purely on the basis that they've got better squads, really. Uh, Wigan won a great run prior to the break, but if they play like they did earlier in the season, then they could be in big, big trouble. While Borough were quite lucky that there was a break because they were looking fairly hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a very nice set of games left, though. And... They yeah. don't have to play any of the top six. So I think yeah. really they should be all right, Middlesbrough and Wigan. It's more Charlton and Hull who I'm more fearful for, but I'm not completely ruling out Middlesbrough and Wigan. They've still got a big, big challenge to avoid relegation.
1: Well, as I was going to say, I'm more optimistic about Wigan. I think Wigan will be fine. Um, they they became a clinical creative side sort of mid-January onwards up until the suspension of the season that suspension of the season probably came at the worst time for them because of how they were beaten in six um, and they looked a really good side Um, Low and Moore were fantastic Borough Borough sort of mid of the road for me they could either be safe or they'll be sucked into it because as I say they were terrible Um, they were terrible Um, but Charlton and Hull Charlton are in rough shape we know they're in rough shape no Lyle Taylor is a a bit of an issue I've heard conflicting reports as to whether or not he's going to Come back and play or not? Still, still going. Still going. Reports that he might still play. I thought. Yeah, it. I've seen. It, I've seen a few reports. It, it was on Talksport, and then I think it was Jim White. Rubbished it. Um, so again, conflicting reports. So you don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: conflicting reports from the same station. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so yeah, as you say, it's it's very very difficult to sort of judge who's going to take that final spot. But I think for me, it's going to be Hall. Mm.
0: See, I'm in the same kind of mindset, really. I, I, I can't split these two teams apart. Losing Lyle Taylor because of the whole contract situation is a massive, massive blow. And then I'm not sure whether it will have much of an impact, but the unrest that's going on behind the scenes, I, I wonder if it will have some sort of an effect. But the solace for Charlton is that Hull were absolutely atrocious...
1: They, you know, they can, Yeah, they conceded 28 in
0: 10 games. Well, two points from a possible 36. Uh, Drop, yeah. That's not dropping like a stone. That's a rocket going downwards. That, <laughs> they were awful. And yeah. I'm convinced they would have gone down if there hadn't been a break. Mm-hmm. Because they're probably the club which has benefited the most from the season being paused because of how many injury problems they had. Mm-hmm. But even though they have got some of those players back, I'm still not convinced they've got enough to stay up.
1: Well, that's the thing. They've, they've they've got players back, but none of them can influence the game going forward. Really, Tom Eaves yeah. is their top scorer, and he's got five in the league this season. McGinnis isn't, hasn't been prolific. Um, you know, they haven't really improved defensively to sort of make up for the the, the bluntness going forward. I, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. really worried for. Him.
0: Yeah, they've really struggled to replace Bowen and Krasicki haven't they? And this, we didn't think that would actually play much of a Apart because they still had a half, t- a few decent players here and there, but they've all gone off form, and you have got, you have got a fear for Hull. But I think it's got to be t- between those two it?
1: No, definitely. But then again, Hull have got a more of the favorable, favorable run. They've got a six-pointer against Charlton. Um, I was going
0: to say, I can't believe we've not mentioned that next yeah. weekend. Hull and Charlton playing yeah. each other. It's one of the biggest games of the season so far, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and obviously. You know, they've got West Brom, which is a a tricky fixture. But equally, I think they've got games that could sway um, Bristol City, Cardiff City and Millwall. They're difficult games with teams fighting for something. But if Hull are up for it, then there's a chance.
0: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, We've spoken about Huddersfield and Stoke. They look to be safe. Just above them, we've got a set of teams who it's hard to make an argument for for having much to play for for the remainder of the season. Uh, They're quite a distance from the relegation zone. And it would take something unbelievable for them to get dragged into it. Um, even though Chef Wednesday were in terrible form, weren't they?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, when you look at the table, Justin, what is your cut off point for teams still in the playoff race?
1: Um, I've gone down to QPR, uh, who are on 50 points. They're six points behind Preston. Um, I, I, I generally think teams down to 13th have still got a chance for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I said QPR as well. Initially, I left out QPR and Derby. Um, but I think they're just in it and the rest of the teams above them are the chasing pack. Reading, Chef Wednesday and Birmingham, we've declared your season's over. <laughs> Unless one of you goes on the most sensational run of form ever, bad or good. Uh, I think you're just making up the numbers, I'm afraid.
1: Well, you say that, but Chef Wednesday are a unique case.
0: They're a very unique case in the way that they were going very well. And then it all went pot, didn't it, half through yeah. the season.
1: And, and a points deduction is still a threat. Mm. That's the only
0: thing that really plays any part in Chef Wednesday's season, really, mm -hmm. doesn't it?
1: Absolutely. So uh, they they need to get wins on the board to make sure they've got enough points at the end of the season to be not in that bottom three.
0: Yeah, they've also got a lot of players out of contract. Um, QPR and Derby, then. I'm not convinced they're definitely in the playoff race. QPR, I'm including, because they have got a very generous run of games. Yeah, They've got to play five of the bottom six Which is unbelievable. So I'd put them down as a dark horse to get there, but they've been very inconsistent this season, haven't they?
1: No, definitely. But but then again, they've got a a group of players who are you know they they're young, they're incredibly talented, and I think in that sense, there's a confidence there from them that they can they can roll teams over, Um, especially if you've got five of the bottom six they're going to be they're going to be ruthless. So I think, as I say, there's a chance there for them to finish in the playoffs. But still, I don't think a mid-table finish is... I think a mid-table finish for QPR is a, is a fantastic season um, for them going forward. Um, so even if they do finish mid-table, end up finishing mid-table, it's, it's not a bad season for them.
0: Yeah, on their day, they're a very good side, aren't they, on mm-hmm. QPR? Uh, Derby are only five points off and we're the form team before lockdown, but they've got a horrible set of fixtures. <laughs> a horrible yeah, set
1: of fixtures.
0: Yes, isn't it? They've got to play all of the top six <laughs> which hmm. is absolutely mental, it really is. In fact, the lowest team in the table they've got to play is Birmingham, who was 16th, Yeah, which says something, they've got nine games left, it's hmm. unbelievable. Um, they were also very reliant on their home form, and we've seen in the Bundesliga, with the number of away wins that have been happening, yeah. that no crowds does have a serious effect on the teams at home. Um, in fact, the more I talk about it, the more I'm convinced myself that Darby not actually in the race for the players. <laughs> but, um, if they manage to continue their form, then maybe they'll still be another chance but it's going to be hard when you they yeah. have got to play
1: the, the key for the next nine games is consistency the teams that have been consistent at, in periods throughout the season have shown that they can be consistent are going to finish favourably you know I'm looking at teams like Bristol City who have streaky runs of form um, and then on the other on the flip side Leeds and West Brom have been very consistent this season so again they're going to be in a position they want to be at the end of the season you know, yeah. as I say, so going into these final nine games, if you're consistent, you've got a chance. That's yeah. all. That's all it is. Just be consistent.
0: Yeah, So I'm assuming that we think there's only one playoff place available. The top five are pretty secure, aren't they? Uh,
1: yeah, the, you, I think fourth and fifth, Brentford and Forest, they've got to consolidate your places. Yeah. Um, and in the Forest playoffs. weren't
0: on great form, were they? Exactly, uh,
1: and, and Brentford had a tricky run of uh, had a tricky run of form as well. So
0: yeah. Well, if there is only one place available, that means it's between Preston, Bristol City, Millwall, Cardiff, Blackburn and Swansea. They're the real contenders in our eyes. And Mm -hmm. it's very tight up there as well. Uh, Who are you going for, Justin?
1: To finish sixth? Yes. Millwall.
0: You're going Millwall. Okay. I'm going Millwall. Okay. Well, we'll go through each team one by one first off. And then uh, I'll say who I fancy. Um, We'll start off with Preston because they're in the driving seat at the moment. Mm why don't you think they'll uh, finish in the playoffs
1: i just for me they they lacked a bit of punch at times this season um they they looked really good uh, sort of for for the first two or three months of the season they had not really replicated that form and without a striker that is or well yeah without a striker that is putting the goals away for them i just think that's that's holding them back I, I mentioned it in an article i put on the the second tier website is that the thing that they've lacked that's got them into the playoffs is a goal scorer mm. who's going to get 15 between 15 and 20 goals um and ultimately i think that's what's sort of made it harder for them
0: yeah imagine how good they'd be if they had a striker who did get 20 goals in this yeah. season someone they, like Lal taylor for example imagine if they had him this season yeah. where, where they would have been
1: Exactly. Lyle Taylor, is, uh, as I say the article uh, I did in the week, Lyle Taylor is someone I think would fit well at Preston. Whether or not he'd go there, another story. But someone like that for Preston would be perfect.
0: Yeah, the thing is with Preston as well, like Derby, they were very reliant on their home form. So it would be interesting yeah. to see how that affects them. <clears throat> Bristol City, they have to play all the teams around them apart from Millwall. Mm-hmm. So the fate's in their hands. But despite that, they've been in the table... Despite where they are in the table, sorry, they've not been great all season really, have they? They've been very lucky at times.
1: No, I've got no faith in Bristol City under Lee Johnson. Which is which is pretty damning. I've said it quite a few times this season. This you put it into context, they spent a lot of money under him, and so far they've actually avoided finishing the playoffs. And I think it will happen again for them this season, unfortunately. They have had injuries, fair enough, but You know, you've got players like Elison, who you can't trust, but he's your most creative player. For example, it it, it doesn't bode well. Um, And as you say, the run of games is 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 a difficult run of games. And as I say, they're so they're consistently inconsistent, which is a term we've used for them so so often this season, last season. Um, So yeah, it's I just I don't I don't see it for Bristol City.
0: Well, they have got Beleg Faber coming back, which is going to be massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see whether him and Wells play up front together. Uh, Millwall, they were struggling a bit before lockdown, um, but they've not got to play any of the top six. Exactly. So they've got a very nice runner format. Is that the main reason why you think they'll be in the playoffs coming the end of the season?
1: Yeah, they've, they've got a, a lot of winnable, winnable games. Um, teams in the lower half, and they've got some big games against Swansea and Blackburn. Um, so As I say, yeah, all the teams have got to play in the lower half. Apart from Swansea and Blackburn, um, so I think that for me edges them. Yeah, they're losing that atmosphere at the Den, but I've heard that they're going to be playing fan uh, fan noises of. Um, I, I can't remember what it was. If they're just going to put it, put the mill one on or for
0: ninety minutes. it's just, yeah. <laughs> just, just <meal. laughs> Even when they score, it's yeah. just still going mill.
1: Um, yeah, I've sort of heard that on social this week, um, which will be <laughs> might add to the. Uh, the intimidation a bit, but they've got the best run, and Gary Rowett has has transformed that middle side. And I'd love to see, I'd love to see him in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, are you a bit concerned because they were struggling a bit before lockdown, weren't they?
1: This is the thing I, I think we should have mentioned when we started this segment is that I think it's, I think you, to a certain point you have to disregard what happened before lockdown. This now it sort of turns into a small tournament mm. of. Yeah, of, of football, it's, it's, it's a new season, if you wish. You know, yeah, Preparation's gone out the window because you've not been able to prepare the way you normally would for a season. Um, so any form you had 10 weeks ago doesn't matter. Um, there's new injury concerns, there's new fitness concerns because of the lack of preparation. This is a, a term we've used throughout this, this pandemic. It, it's unprecedented and the teams that can manage games the best, I think, will prosper better.
0: Yeah. Well let's go go through the remainder of the teams. We've got Cardiff, who we've never really been convinced by really, have we? I I never really have throughout the whole season, but but having Lee Tomlin back is going to be huge, isn't it?
1: Yeah, he's back involved in training drills, which again, as you say, is, is massive for them. He's their talisman, he's always well, he's been their that their, their talisman this season and um you know they, they have they have Cardiff have underperformed for large portions of the season. So you look to your, your creative mavericks to sort of win your games and Tomlin has fitted that bill for Cardiff a lot of on a lot of occasions this season. Um they have lacked goal scorers, you know, for example Patterson has seven, Tomlin has seven, Murphy Rawls and Ward, Danny Ward have, have six. No one prolific for them. So as I say, it's difficult to see if they will they will get into the playoffs, but I think again they have an outside chance.
0: Yeah, and then we've got Blackburn and Swansea. Two teams who I quite like, but they were both stuttering a bit before lockdown, weren't they? Um, mm-hmm. Blackburn have really improved, especially around November, December time. They looked brilliant. Yeah. And they were still going quite well into the new year. But then the last few results before lockdown made you question them a bit. But they were still, they're still in a very good position heading into the remainder of the season, aren't they? And then Swansea... As I say, they've got a very exciting team on paper, but their results before lockdown weren't particularly convincing. They were the, one of the only teams to drop points to Hull mm-hmm. in the new year. So uh, we'll have to see if they can finally pull themselves <laughs> together.
1: No, definitely. Swansea, as you say, they've got a young side, which might be an advantage for them. As, as I say, lack of preparation um, and, and, and fitness you know to stereotype younger players. They will recover quicker. Um, that's my scientific expertise for you. Um, yeah, they will they will recover quicker and sort of handle games quicker and be able to go harder and longer quicker in, in, in a game. So that might be an advantage for them. But they they were inconsistent, so it is difficult to see whether or not they can they can finish first. I think there's a building block for Swansea, so looking to next season would be a better bet for them. Yeah, same with Blackburn, really.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting if they get Mike van der Horn back. Um, I'm still not sure what's going on with his injury but his contract's also up at the end of the season so whether he hangs around for the remainder of the campaign we'll have to wait and see but if they get him and Roden back together in the centre of defence they'll be a very difficult team to beat and would be a massive boost for their playoff hopes Mm -hmm. Um, it's really a hold of to call really isn't it because it's so tight and you can pick holes in all the teams around there I probably will go Preston or Millwall Preston depends massively on how they play without the crowds at home while mills remaining games are just so kind that yeah. it's hard to ignore them really isn't it i'm more confident on preston really because mills form is just a bit dodgy before lockdown but uh, let's go up to the top five then justin brentford and forest we said they're just looking ahead to the playoffs really aren't they uh
1: definitely there's well, with the whole of the Championship going into the sort of final nine games of the season, as I say, it's a new season, so you, you, it's really hard to judge whether or not you know, they can cut the gap and finish in finishing the automatics. Um, you, you press the reset button. So I think Forest and Brentford and Fulham all find themselves in a fairly interesting position given that they are a considerable amount of points off the automatics. But with the restart, you do give them an outside chance of finishing in them.
0: Yeah, well, Pontus Anton's is going to be back for Brentford, which is going to be a massive yeah. boost. So mm-hmm. if they manage to put together a decent run of form towards the end of the season, then it's going to be great going into the playoffs. Forest were pretty poor before lockdown, so they'll want to turn that around and give themselves mm-hmm. plenty of preparation for the playoffs. Well Fulham, they're not completely out of it yet, are they? I mm-hmm. mean, Brentford and Forest technically aren't, but Fulham have the best chance of catching Leeds and West Brom than the other two. They'll probably have to win the rest of their games though, won't they? If um, they want to catch up with those two.
1: Yeah, no, definitely they would, but the, I think uh, West Brom and Leeds had a fairly healthy gap earlier on in the season, which was cut by the teams behind them, so I think it's possible for it to happen to get happen again. Um, and as you say with Fulham, they're only six points off West Brom, seven off Leeds. So perhaps there is a chance, but there have been occasions this season for Fulham where they have been absolutely terrible, and sometimes you, you know, is it a mindset or or, or what? You know, Parker hasn't really got the best out of his side all season, really. Um, so whether or not he can do that in this final nine games remains to be seen. If he can, then there is there is a I think there's a good chance for them to finish in the automatics.
0: Yeah, well, they've still got to play Leeds and West Brom, exactly. so two massive games for Fulham. Mm-hmm. And the fate their fate is in their hands really. Um in fact they've got to play Brentford this weekend and then Forrest in a few weeks. So it's a difficult run for Fulham as well. Um but yeah. six pointers all over the place. Um if Leeds were to beat Fulham though in a couple of weeks' time, would you say Leeds are probably up?
1: I think the the mindset of Leeds is you know, ruthlessness. With their pressing, with their attacking, with just they're relentless uh, and they are ruthless. And I think if they get one win, they'll get another win. I think I think they could go for the rest of the season. I could, I, I think they could go rest of the season unbeaten. To be honest with you, because I just think that they're almost there. I don't think they'd let it slip like they did last season. Mm.
0: But if they were to win that f- game against Fulham, say Fulham beat Brentford next week and then Leeds dropped points or whatever. Then it would cut the gap. But then, if Leeds won against Fulham, then you know that's a massive three points. And the only team who can has got a real realistic chance of catching you has dropped points. And then, really, it's up to Leeds to just finish it off. Then, isn't it?
1: No, definitely. I think the, the key asset for Leeds going into the final nine games is Bielsa's calmness. Even going back to when they had the really bad run of form, sort of over the Christmas, late Christmas period or around December they they would they were really bad but Bielsa again was very, very calm. Um and obviously you know he's paid dividends now because they're seven points ahead of, of third place. But uh, uh, one of the issue, one of the issues is I think uh Augustine's injured again, which means they're relying on Bamford for goals. That could hold them back. We've seen Bamford struggle at times putting putting the ball in the net. I don't think he will do now. as I say I think there's a ruthlessness around Leeds um, that's gonna push them. Even further.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see. Well, Leeds have got to play Fulham in a couple of weeks' time. But then apart from that, that's the only top six side they've got to face for the rest of the season. So exactly. Really, it should all be all right for Leeds. <coughs> really.
1: On paper, yes. On paper,
0: but... it, Leeds <laughs> should go up. <laughs> Say no more. The same for West Brom, really, though, isn't it? That It's, it's in their hands. All they've got what to do it... is just, you know, do their job
1: again the biggest asset for West Brom is one they've got a lot of experience throughout their side you look at Matt Phillips Kieran Gibbs um uh, they they just have experience uh, all the way through Jake Livermore as well um and, and as well as that they have quality in abundance you know if there's no Matt Phillips there's there's a Pereira if there's no Pereira there's Grisicki. there's Callum Robinson Dean Garner Dean Garner there's so much quality in that squad you just cannot see a weakness they have shown it at times this season but they've only lost five games all season
0: i know so well if they didn't go up (laughs) it'd be sensational right that's been it then that's our preview for next week and i can't bloody wait justin let's go on to the news because there has been a lot going on this week a hell of a lot let's start off with some good news because next season justin we're going to be joined by coventry city and rotherham They've both been promoted from League One after the season was concluded on points per game. Your thoughts, Justin? As you take a big string yeah, of balls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> get, get
1: at the wrong time. Um, yeah, great. It's, it's you know, the, another Midlands club. Um, Rotherham, you know, just don't seem to want to stay in the Championship when they get in it. They're up and down. Mm. Um, but there's, there's two good away days, I think, for supporters. You know, Rotherham... Is, a, is always a favourite of mine but they are relatively you know, Coventry's a, a big side and a big young a, you know, a very good young side which I'm quite looking forward to, to covering I think Callum O'Hare leaving Villa to go to Coventry City permanently and he's been great for Coventry this season um, Rotherham they see him a different side to the one that came up a couple of seasons ago under Paul One.
0: Yeah, it's great to see Coventry back in the second tier. It's been a long time since we've had the level. Yeah, yeah ages. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Rotherham managed to last longer than a season. Because over the last few years, they've done a great job of always being in a relegation battle. Mm-hmm. But under Paul One, it looks like they have got a talented manager. But it's time to progress as a club, isn't it? Because they haven't done it in a long time. It's just been kind of just staying where they are.
1: Well, I mean, you look back over the years; they've always been a side that's never really pushed for the top six. I mean, they're they're a small club. Well, I say this with the greatest respect; they're a small club with a small budget, so it's always going to be hard to to compete with some of the sides that are in the championship. But they showed, um, especially in the last season in the championship under Paul Warren, that they can compete at times. Um, and as you know, they, they've he's he, he transformed them to, to when he took over. Um, it was their record-breaking. They just hemorrhaged goals. They were terrible yeah. um, when they went down that season, and, he, and he's completely changed them. and it, it, It'll be good to see them at least compete in sort of a lower mid-table next season, because I think that's that'll, that's the reward for them um, to see their their the club competing with teams in the championship.
0: Yeah, I was thinking the other day actually that it's going to be very interesting to see how they cope with the lack of football that they'll be playing, because obviously um, all the teams in the Championship now are about to start another uh, another bit of the season, whereas Coventry and Rotherham, because their seasons have been concluded, they'll have... I don't know when the new season's going to start. I presume it'll be around September time, but that means they've gone six months without playing any football. That, <laughs> That's that, going to be interesting to see, but it might benefit them, because they might well, get a good rest.
1: I was going to say, it's not only that, but you've got more time to plan. There's always this... Um, conundrum at the end of a season where a playoff team either going to the Premier League they have less time to prepare for the Premier League they have less time to identify targets to, to bring yeah. into the club so you can argue then that actually they've got more time to bring in players analyse the squad get uh, training regimes sorted and plan for the season whereas clubs at the moment in the Championship are obviously having to play they can't plan for next season because they're not finished this season yet
0: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see and mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing them both uh, in, the, uh, in the championship next season, particularly Coventry, because I'm a big fan of uh, Mark Robbins as a manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go over to Birmingham, because head coach Pep Clotet will leave at the end of the season. The club say it's so he can explore other coaching opportunities. Now, this came earlier in the week, Justin. What did you make of the news when you heard it?
1: I thought initially it's it's strange timing, given that Birmingham City, I don't think they're out of the woods in terms of a relegation battle. I think they could easily get sucked into it because eight points isn't a lot in the Championship when there's nine games to go um, so yeah initially strange timing but then again is anything strange timing with Birmingham City when they, you know they, they 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 do announce things out of the blue sometimes um, but it'll be again it's interesting to see who they'll get in next and obviously with Pep Clotet exploring other coaching opportunities I think do you have, have him and Gary Monk kiss and made up who knows
0: yeah, it's a very interesting term, that, exploring other coaching opportunities. I, I I wonder what that means. With the board at Birmingham, it's always very hard to kind of figure out what's, go, what's actually going on. Yeah, Because um, you've always got this kind of sense that there might be another story behind it. But who knows? Uh, at the time of recording, Lee Bowyer is the favourite to get the job. I could see that happening. Ex-blues player in team.
1: No, absolutely, um, and obviously, with the the issues going on at Charlton, it might be a case of you know yeah. what I've I've had enough of this. I need to I need a fresh start. Um, yeah, he's I think very well
0: liked at St Andrews as well. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that happening, mm. and, and with the whole, uh, as you mentioned, everything that's going on, he might very well fancy a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Birmingham, they've avoided another potential points deduction despite the EFL winning its appeal over a misconduct charge against the club. It's after an independent disciplinary commission cleared them of an alleged breach of an agreed business plan which relates to financial fair play. I think everyone is hoping that's the end of Birmingham versus the EFL. Because it's gone on for a long time.
1: It's a bit boring now, isn't
0: it? (laughs) Yeah, it's just back and forth, back and forth, honestly. I Uh, I
1: was going to say, it just adds to the animosity towards the EFL, especially for Birmingham City fans who have been dragged through this for a long time, just to see it blinker out the way everyone expected it to so
0: yeah it's it's very weird that even though the EFL won Birmingham aren't going to be punished but anyway Uh, East Street Investments who are the company that owns Charlton has been taken over by a consortium it means the two previous owners have left and they've been involved in a lot of bickering recently, which <laughs> I don't want to dedicate any more time to on this podcast because we've done it plenty over the past few weeks. Uh, Stoke boss Michael O'Neill has tested positive for coronavirus. That led to their friendly with Man United being cancelled in the week. Now, I'm not sure if that means he'll be in charge for their game against Reading at the weekend. I presume he would be, wouldn't he, if he's recovered?
1: It's 14 days isolation, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's a good point, actually. And so... Only in the week, so I guess he would miss. Crikey. Um, Want to keep an eye on there. How about this one, Justin? Former Forest striker Matty Fryard is suing the club after claims they mismanaged the injury which ended his career. He alleges the club was negligent in treating an Achilles problem and is looking for, quote, substantial compensation. He claims he was put under pressure to keep playing, and that led to him retiring at the age of 31 a couple of years ago. Now, Forrest have denied any wrongdoing and say they'll be defending their actions. I think Mm. that's one to keep an eye on. And uh, let's finish off with this. Loads of friendlies have been taking place over the last week, including Brentford, who beat Arsenal 3-2.
1: Oh, did you see, I think it was in Tarek Fosso's goal? I saw, yeah, I saw the goals actually. I can't remember it which one. It was a left-footed one into the top corner, absolute rocket. Oh, it beautiful was beautiful,
0: goal. but I'm, yeah. I'm more concerned about Arsenal's defending because it was absolutely embarrassing how bad yeah. they were. Awful. Right. They gave, they just kept just kept giving the ball away. It's like you're meant to be playing football against Man City in a couple of days' time. It's like, honestly, come on. Uh, right, let's do some transfer news. You right with that? I like
1: transfers, it's great.
0: I love transfers. The Telegraph say Borussia Dortmund have won the race to sign Jude Bellingham from Birmingham. Do you ever feel like you're reading the same stories again and again?
1: I honestly (laughs) thought this would be sorted um, four or five months ago, before lockdown. Uh, Oh, God.
0: There seems to be about 20 races for uh, Bellingham since the start of the year. Oh, I've had enough. Uh, Sky Sports say as many as 12 clubs are interested in Charlton striker Lau Taylor, including mm. Brentford, Bristol City and West Brom. Now, you did a lovely piece on our website in the week, didn't you, Justin? What would you absolutely. say would be the perfect destination
1: for Mr Taylor? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's difficult given who he's linked with, but if it, if he it, was if going to a championship side, um, I think he'd be great at someone like Preston mm. or Swansea. Somewhere uh, where he's guaranteed to start. Yeah, absolutely, because... Again, he's got the quality where you want him to be playing every week so him going to a Fulham, a Brentford, a Leeds where he might not be guaranteed to start every week just as an example by the way um, I, you know you don't want to see that because he's got a great ability a great finishing ability um, but I generally think he might be going to Scotland or Turkey given that I th- again it's been reported that he's already agreed a contract somewhere. So- yes,
0: Sivaspor have been linked with him. I think Brentford might be his most likely destination just because he's been linked with them for so long and they they tried to get him in January didn't they well
1: yeah the other side to that coin is obviously there's going to be interest in Ollie Watkins so they might be planning for life without Ollie Watkins next season given that Brentford's model is to sell at their peak value and obviously I think Watkins after this season is probably going to hit his peak value yeah, for Brentford possibly. so
0: possibly uh, let's move on Mark Pugh has left QPR while Kerim and Rabty has gone from Birmingham after their contracts expired. A lot of Birmingham fans were very annoyed about M-Rabty going. And then uh, Jake Cooper signed a new long-term deal at Millwall, which is big news for them because he's been class for them, hasn't he?
1: No, definitely. And I like Millwall's approach of not actually um, <laughs> announcing when contracts are going to finish. He makes our jobs very difficult when we're trying to uh, create these 11s. In uh... Yeah. And
0: <laughs> I th- well, I, I presume the way is to keep people away from a... Look at that player's whose deals keep are running, running out. Yeah, just keep them guessing. Right, let's go to the Craig Bryson pub quiz. Justin, this is the part of the show where I'm going to give Justin six clues on a mystery championship legend. He's made over 200 championship <clears> appearances <throat> and will have played very recently. And this is a good one, Justin. I'm very pleased with this one. So, we'll start off with this one. I've made 281 championship appearances, scoring 76 goals.
1: Ooh, that's a lot. That's a lot of goals.
0: It's a lot of goals.
1: Um, David Johnson.
0: It's not David Johnson. I made my competitive debut for Liverpool in 2010.
1: In 2010. See, my initial thought would have been Neil Mellor, but obviously that his debut came a lot uh, a long time before that. Mm. Liverpool, 2010. Oh no, that's hard.
0: <laughs> Do you want me to move on? Yeah. Next clue. Since then. I've played for nine different clubs, including Huddersfield, Forest and Crystal Palace. So that's nine clubs in ten
1: years. And he's scored 76 goals? Yes. While making that... What the hell? (laughs) So he's quite clearly a journeyman. Mm. Oh, come on. That many clubs? Yeah, I
0: suppose he is a journeyman, isn't he? I feel a bit harsh calling him a journeyman. All right,
1: he doesn't fit the Trevor Benjamin category of journeyman. No, he's not Steve Claridge. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm trying to think back to who made their debut in 2010 for Liverpool. Do you want me to move on? Uh, 76 goals. Oh, not Jace Baring. Adam Hamill.
0: It's not Adam Hamill. Um, speaking of Steve Claridge... If you ever want to laugh, just go on his Wikipedia page. The number of clubs he's had is unbelievable. It takes up nearly half the page. <laughs> uh, in 2014, I moved to a club currently in the Championship for £1.6 million. I made just seven league appearances before leaving a year later for nearly £5 million. It's a decent profit, that.
1: Not bad. Not bad. 2014,
0: £1.6 million. Mm. So they made... Three and a half million pounds from a player that just made six appearances. Seven appearances.
1: Oh, I generally cannot th- think... Um, are you, your clues have gotten a lot more... It's because if
0: I told you who the clubs were here, you'd get it straight away.
1: You're At least scumbag. I think you would, anyway. You're a scumbag. Um, I d- yeah, I don't know. Uh I'll tell you what,
0: I'll I'll tell you who that club is, who he moved to. It's Hull. Moved to Hull for 1.6 million, made just seven appearances before leaving a year later for 5 million. I don't know. Want me to move on?
1: Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so bad at this at the moment.
0: (laughs) For the club I moved to, from Hull, I scored 37 goals in two and a half seasons. You're out of form on this, Justin. Craig Bryson, Pub Quiz, you were... Killing it at the start of the season, but now you've gone completely off the rail.
1: I need the season to end. You
0: do. Um, You're going on a Hull-esque run. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is not good. This is not good for me. You might get this last a one.
0: last clip might give it away.
1: 36 goals.
0: 37 goals in two and a half seasons.
1: In two and a half seasons to the club he moved to. What league was that in? Am I allowed to know?
0: Yeah, Championship. In the Championship in... 2015 to 2018.
1: Give him my final clue. I don't know.
0: In my last three seasons, hang on. Let me just repeat the last clue, actually. For that last, for that club, I scored 37 goals in two and a half seasons. But in my last three seasons, I've managed just 10 goals, including two this season for Stoke. <laughs> I thought you got it straight away. <laughs> Oh, you are doing so badly. If you don't get this, you might have to resign. The fans are in uproar at how poorly you're doing. You're not producing results, Justin. Say something.
1: I can't. have frozen. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> um, oh, ah, oh, jeez.
0: I'm giving you five
1: seconds. Hold on, hold on. Let me just deconstruct this clue. Okay. So... What was the clue?
0: <laughs> so, in the last three seasons, he's managed just ten goals, including okay. two this season for Stoke. But in the two and a half seasons prior to that, he got thirty-seven goals. <laughs> oh, your face! End it for me, please. It's Tommins. Do you remember the club that he played for? Went to Hull. Yep. Who did he leave Hull Went for? To Derby. Yep. Who do you support? That's what would Derby. Embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. What What you got to say for yourself?
1: Just please end the podcast.
0: <laughs> right, this has been the second tier podcast. Thank you for listening as always. If you haven't already, make sure you listen to our episode from midweek where Justin met Kieran Maguire from the Price of Football podcast. We had a chat with him, didn't you? About the financial side of the championship.
1: Yeah, it's something I clearly know more about um, <laughs> than these...
0: <laughs> yeah it was really interesting actually I, I, I really enjoyed it it was quite scary to hear how clubs are going to be struggling with the coronavirus pandemic and how it's going to change the transfer window Um yeah. I really enjoyed hearing him talk about the wage cap as well because that sounds like it's going to be absolute chaos when that's introduced oh, um, possibly. but honestly if you haven't listened to it yet I urge you to because it is mm-hmm. superb it really gives you a fantastic insight into how things are going to be in the Championship over the next few seasons. And I think it might surprise you a bit as well. And just a reminder that you could win £50 to spend on classicfootballshirts.co.uk. As mentioned, all you've got to do is go to our Twitter, retweet the tweet, that's pinned to the top of our timeline, follow at Second Tier Pod, follow at Classic Shirts, and be in with a chance of winning 50 quid to spend on whatever you like on their website. Ladies and gentlemen, the Championship is back. We look forward to seeing you next week. I've been Ryan Dilks. I'll be
1: Justin Peach. Thank you for listening.